So why don't you take this time to get your Bibles and your sermon notes out? That would be good. Luke chapter 7 is where we'll be all day, so you can just keep your Bibles open there. And uh, we're just going to unpack a story from the life of Jesus. And um, I love Thanksgiving. I just love, um, I love days that we're thankful that we come together as a family. As I even love the football, the turkey. I love everything. Um, I love Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and I love the opportunity just to thank God, to be close to Him, and um, thank Him for all the good things in our life. And, and I am especially thankful today for our church family. Today we celebrate 20 years in, in our sanctuary and coming up on 40 years as a church and uh, God has been good to us all those years and I am grateful for all that has happened in our church and, and through the history, starting small to where we're at today, I'm, I'm thankful. I, I'm thankful for the future. I can't wait to see what God has in store for us and I am just thrilled that we get to walk this together that we're doing this journey hand in hand, and, and I love what God is doing in our church now. I, I love what God is speaking. I, I've loved this fall, just learning about being a son and daughter of God and how much he loves us, and he adopts us and places us into his family. I, I love when Steve Sampson was here a few weeks ago, talking about how do we overcome discouragement? How do we put that expectation on God? How do we how do we get all that God has for us? I loved uh, Steve Holder last week. Wasn't that powerful? That the Holy Spirit is our advantage. And just a wonderful word. All those are online. And I just love what God is speaking to our church. I love that we're a family, that we've been adopted, that we're placed together. I love that we're the body of Christ, that we all have a part, that we're members one of another. And Jesus, when he was on the cross, he looked out. And he saw his mother Mary, and he saw his disciple John, and he says this, words from the cross from Jesus. He says, Mother, behold your son, and son, behold your mother. And in that statement, he was saying to his disciple John, the disciple he loved, I want you to take care of Mary. I'm not going to be here anymore. Jesus had taken good care of his family over the years, and, and that was his responsibility as the oldest son. And he did have other siblings, and other people could have done it. But he had his friend there, John, who, whom he loved. And he said, John, I want you to take care of Mary. I want you to take care of my family. And what Jesus was saying to John, and what he's saying to you and me, and what he's saying to his church is that he's not going to be around anymore on the cross. He, he's going to die. He's going to raise from the dead, but he's going to be ascended into heaven. He's like, John, I'm not going to be around much longer. And I want you, John, to take my place in the world. John, I want you to do what I've been doing all these years. John, I'm going I'm to ask you to take my place in this world. And I believe that is the call of every follower of Jesus, of his church, to take his place in this world. That's the call of our church. That's the call on your life, that we would be the people that take the place of Jesus, who is high and lifted up, ascended into heavenly places, and that we would be Jesus to our world. And so if we're going to be Jesus to our world, we need to find out who Jesus is and follow him. And so that's why we're going to be in Luke chapter 7 to look at the story, to unpack the story, and then repack the story for our life. 
In Luke chapter 7, beginning at verse 11, it says, Soon afterwards, Jesus went to, with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. A young man who had died uh, was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. Our Jesus raises the dead. We're called to be Jesus to this world, and our Jesus raises the dead. And I've needed to hear that this week more than ever in my life. Many of you know that my mom, her health has been failing since my grandma died. And um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we thought she had the flu. And uh, anyway, she became severely dehydrated and, and has spent most of the last week in the hospital. And um, they don't really know what's wrong. I wish I could tell you we knew, but we don't. And, and she's, she is fading fast. But Jesus raises the dead. And I get to look out every Sunday when I preach, Saturday nights and Sundays, I get to look out and I see miracles in our congregation. People that shouldn't be here, <laughs> but they are. Because the power of God raised them up. I see Don Minkley here, and that's a miracle. I, I've seen Jim Hammonds. He's not here today, but that's a miracle. I, Eileen's a miracle. I mean, and, and then I've heard testimonies of, of jobs that, that we've been praying for that have just broken through this past week. I mean, there are miracle after miracle. I, I preach to miracles every Sunday so that I, I know Jesus raises the dead. Luke hurt his uh, knee again in basketball, and, and uh, you know Luke, he loves basketball. It's a senior year, but because of injuries, he's only got to play one year his whole high school. I was just so sad for him because he hurt it again. We were at the doctor, and they're moving his kneecap all around. I'm getting a little queasy while they're doing it. I'm like, man, just stop already, and he's in a hip-to-ankle, uh, hip-to-ankle cast, and, and, uh, but he comes in this morning to wake me up, and he goes, Dad, God healed my knee. So show me your dance, Luke. Just, just go out and show him. See, he's dancing up there. I mean, I mean, I woke up to a miracle this morning. So I know, I know that Jesus raises the dead. And he's now calling us to, to partner with him to be the people that would be him to this world to raise the dead. And God does that in our lives. So I believe that when we see my mom here, whenever she gets back here, when we see her sitting, that'll be a miracle. That'll be a testimony. And so, um, 
All right, let's move on to the story so uh, we can talk. This is a great story, isn't it, with Jesus? It says a large crowd is following Jesus. He had a huge crowd that followed him everywhere. And they loved Jesus. They loved his teaching, his miracles, everything. I mean, that, wherever Jesus went, there was a party. Just think of that crowd. They were excited. They're happy. So Jesus has this huge crowd behind him. They are singing, we are family or something, you know. And uh, all my brothers, sisters, and me, you know, they're just walking with Jesus. They're strutting. And so they got this whole crowd following Jesus. And he's going to come into this town. And they have to go through the gate of this town. And so he's got this whole huge crowd coming. And out of the town is a funeral procession. Is a, is a casket with a little boy in it and a, and a weeping widow behind the, her only son is coming. And then they, it sounds like the whole town is following them out. How many of you know that when, when life meets death, there's going to be a showdown? That Jesus isn't going to just say, oh, wait, wait, make way, let him go by. How many know that Jesus is going to do something right then? Seriously, that, 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 you know, life is going to meet death. There's a showdown, and the devil's probably going, oh, no. You know, no. You know, you ever go to a place like a restaurant or, or a store, and you see somebody you don't want to see? You're like, oh, man, I hope they don't see me. Oh, my God. You know, that's the devil, like, oh, no. You know, it's, it's on, you know. Jesus is, is coming in, and, and Jesus sees the situation. This is a widow. Her only son has died. Her, her husband's gone. Jesus understands what's taking place here. And, and this widow's life is pretty much over at this point because she'll have no male covering in her, in her house. There, she's not allowed to work. And, and really, she's in a desperate situation because the rest of her life, she will beg for everything she has. She has a horrible future. Not only, I can't imagine what it would be like watching a child die. And the grief that comes from that, but then that her life is pretty much over anyway. So the grief is just overwhelming. And, and so what happens here? I'm going to tell you what Jesus does. First of all, Jesus looked at her. He saw the situation. He, he didn't pass by. He didn't let them go on through. He saw what was going on. He, he, he diagnosed the whole thing. Obviously, Jesus has supernatural knowledge, but also he sees what's taking place. He sees in the natural what's happening, and, and he is moved with compassion. His heart is touched. The love, the concern, the empathy, and, and it's so deep inside of Jesus that this woman doesn't even have to utter a prayer. Jesus is so moved by the situation, and so he speaks. How many know that the words of Jesus healed the sick? The words of Jesus raised the dead. And Jesus speaks to the situation. The first thing he says is, don't cry. Don't cry. He's offering words of compassion. And sometimes we need, when we talk to people and we're meeting with them, we need to offer them words of compassion as Jesus did, words of grace. And he says, don't cry. But he doesn't leave it there. Because if you just tell people not to cry and then say, okay, but then have a nice day, it doesn't work, right? I mean, you kind of have to do something. And so... Jesus does something, he takes action, and he says, young man, get up. He took action, and what he did is he touched, and it says a coffin, but really it's a basket that they're carrying him out, and they don't have coffins like we do, and he goes up and he touches it, and what's interesting is that is considered unclean. That dead body right there is considered unclean, but Jesus doesn't care, because he's going to bring that body right back to life. 
He's going to make the unclean thing clean and he goes up and he touches the boy and he raises him up. Jesus had to be close enough to be able to do this. He had to come close. Close enough to see, close enough to speak, close enough to touch. And when he did, the dead came to life. The little boy sits up. He begins to speak, proof of his resurrection, a powerful moment. And then what's beautiful is not only did Jesus give life back to this child, he then hands the child to his mother. And he gives his mother life back as well. So Jesus hands life back to this mother, to the son. It says the the crowd feared God, and in the Greek it's the word for gasp. (gasps) Like, oh my goodness, did you see what just happened? And awe filled the crowd, and there was this fear of the power of God. And we talk about fearing God. I, I had to replace the light switch in my, in my uh, house, and I am not that mechanical. And so this week, you better believe, I made sure the entire breaker thing was off like that, it, just because I didn't want to die, you know, but because I have respect or awe, like gas for the power, and, and that's what happens with, with this here. They see the power of God for themselves, and they're amazed, and they glorify God. And say, God has visited this place and the news and the fame of Jesus spreads throughout the land. This is the first resurrection miracle that Jesus does. This is the first one. And he's revealing to everyone, this is my plan to conquer death. This is what I came to do. This is who I really am. And the crowds grow even bigger and even more excited. And who wouldn't want to be around the words that he spoke? I mean, the life that it gave the healing that it brought to souls, making people whole, speaking the truth, life, and the miracles that would take place. How amazing would that be to see those miracles firsthand, to see the the sick made well, the mentally anguished healed, the demon-possessed set free, the lame walk, the blind see. I mean, this is it all because they are around Jesus. They're in His presence. He gives hope to the hopeless through His touch. And they became different because of him. I don't know about you, but back then, I would, have wanted, I would have wanted to be in that crowd, following, listening, and seeing Jesus. But I live in a day where I'm now called to be Jesus to the world. Now I'm part of a crowd, which is called the church, that we are called to be Jesus. And so, let's unpack the stories for our life. We will not be allowed to walk on by anymore. When we see death approaching us, we are not allowed to be bothered by it, to ignore it, to let it pass by. We are called to look as Jesus looked, to bring life, to see, to have compassion, that we would have love for people and not whatever, disdain, distrust, that they're bothering us, that we don't like them, but rather that we'd have compassion for the people around us, that we would be Jesus to the world, that we would speak the words of life that Jesus spoke, but we wouldn't just be all words, but we'd be action, that we'd touch the things that need to be touched, that we would not worry, oh, it's unclean, I don't know if I can get involved. No, you can get involved, but you can't be involved unless you're like Jesus, and he came as close as he could, close enough to see to touch, to speak. We need to offer comfort and compassion and understanding to our world, but we're also called to do something. We're called to pray something. 
We're, we're called to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And if he says to go and do, we go and do. If he gives us a word of knowledge to pray, we go and pray. Whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God because we're here to make him famous. And when we do something, when we pray something, we then give life back to the dead and the dying. And we're called to give that life back and to live for his kingdom and to preach the good news of the kingdom. We have good news in a bad news world. We have love and grace to preach. We have forgiveness and peace and hope and new life. We have Jesus. And we need to share him with this world. Let me ask you a question. And imagine with me if you could. What if Jesus didn't come by that day? What if he didn't come by that day? That story would have a very different ending. What if Jesus didn't come by your life? What if nobody took time to tell you? What if you haven't had the encounter that you had with Jesus? Imagine what it was like if he didn't come by. And let's be thankful this week that he did. In the Bible blog, in your bulletin, I, I write about the 20 years, the past 20 years. We've been in this uh, building now for 20 years. Before this, we worshiped in a gymnasium, and God's been with us all the way. But 20 years ago, I was a young youth pastor at 25 years of age, and uh, we were leading a, uh, a great youth group. always enjoyed that. And uh, I was actually at a conference this, uh, this past September, and one of the nights of worship was led by a guitarist from a band that was very popular, a worship band in the 90s, uh, called Delirious. And so they were leading worship uh, that night at the conference, and I hadn't, I hadn't heard them for years. And uh, so uh, Desperation Band is backing them up, and, and Delirious is leading, and we're singing songs that I had not sung for 20 years. I mean, it was just like, we were singing World Changers and all, and I'm just like, I'm like weeping, and I'm like, what, God, what is going on? And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And he said this, I have been with you the past 20 years. And I will be with you the next 20. And I look at those last 20 years and I'm amazed at what God has done. And I look 20 years ahead and I'll be 65 and I can't wait to see what God has in store. Because I know that God is with us. But I also know this. The 20 years goes really fast. And so I need to be really, a really, really good steward of every moment that God gives me. If I'm called to be Jesus to this world, if we are called to be Jesus to this world, we better get busy. Because it may go fast, but a lot changes. You see the picture in the Bible blog there. A lot can change in 20 years. From the first apple to today's apple, a lot can change. But I'm going to tell you what won't change. Our vision is a church. It's timeless because it comes from the book of Acts. You see it on banners in the back, doors as you walk in. We will always worship, teach, care, and share. That's what the early church did. They worshiped the Lord together. They studied God's word together. They cared for one another, and then they took that caring, and they shared it with the world. 
That's what we're called to do. We will always do that. That is who we are, and we will have a renewed effort in 2015 to get back to the basics and just do that as a church. Worship the Lord, worshiping, teaching, caring, and sharing. That's what we're going to do. But we also live in a generation that God has placed us in, and and we were born for this generation. We were born for the next 20 years. And so I'm just going to give you a brief, just real quickly before we're dismissed and, and we pray and we sing together, just what I believe God wants us to do in 2015. I understand the economy is difficult and, and some people are, are, are going through difficult times, but I also heard praise reports about jobs that have been found. And for some of you, you're doing better than you've ever done in your life. And, and man, God is good. He's wonderful. But as a church, we, we have been for the past several years always looking, how do we cut back? How do we cut back? How do we cut back? And I believe in, in kingdom days, we are not called to cut back anymore. We're called to expand. But I also believe in living within your means. So we're not going to borrow money to do things. We're going to do what we can with what we have. And so I'm going to give you some things that I believe God wants us to do, things that he's placed in our hands for the next 20 years that we need to be good stewards of. I believe that um, the pantry, the kids' pantry, is something that God has placed in our hands as a church. And they've been relegated to a, a mechanical room, an old mechanical room here at the church. And I believe that God wants to give them more space, better space. Last weekend, we served over 2,400 people that needed uh, clothes for their kids. And we'll be doing that more as the future goes on. And on Fridays, we give away food, Wednesdays clothes. And they do such a great job. And I believe that we need to find space here in the church somewhere that is better suited for that ministry so that we don't bring uh, those under-resourced in our community and like put them in a dungeon room so they can look for clothes. But we need to make it somewhere that they can come and they can get what they need. And so I don't know what that looks like. I've asked Pastor Fred and Jennifer to start researching some things, but I believe that we need to give our pantry what it needs to serve the community and to be good stewards of what God has given us there. I believe we need to update our nursery and preschool area. I, I, um, I didn't know how bad it was until somebody says, you know, you really should go down there and look. And we haven't had kids in the nursery forever, so I haven't gone down there. And I walked in, and I'm like, oh my goodness, we haven't done anything for 20 years. We've done little things, painting and carpet and things along the way, but have you heard the expression, lipstick on a pig? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no more. Our babies and our youngest of our congregation need more, and we haven't invested in that. And so we're going to invest in the nursery, the preschool, but not just them and the children. We have more kids coming to Iwana than ever before. We have literally families signing up every week from the community, from our church coming to Iwana. I mean, we need to update their classrooms upstairs. We need to update our youth room, we, things we just haven't touched for a long time. Uh, we need to give our children the best possible place to come and to grow, to learn, uh, to give our teachers the resources. And, and we just appreciate so many that have volunteered for Awana and preschool and nursery. They just, they give themselves week in and week out. And so we want to do that for them. We'll do some, some updates in the lobby and sanctuary, but those will be, I got to be honest with you, those are going to be very minor compared to what we're doing for the kids. This is what we're going to do. Uh, we have never cut back on missions as a church, never, not once. If we cut, it's never in missions. But we've never expanded in missions either over the past few years, and it's time to do that. 
We have a world that needs Jesus more than ever before. And so I would like to, whether they're local missionaries around here or around the world, begin to see where else can we invest in the kingdom of God. I want us to take every opportunity, whether it be radio or TV, but only the very best and only the least expensive that we can reach many people for the Lord. I also believe that empty seats are a serious matter. That if you have space next to you, that means that you can invite someone to church. Or if you've been hiding out from church and only coming once in a while, your empty seat does matter. I believe that we're called to be a family, that we need each other. We need to grow. We need this time in our life. And there are so many people that that need this. I I believe that empty seats, and and trust me, if we fill it up or it just gets too big, because I understand when you get too full and people can't find seats or the parking lot's too full, hey, I'll preach another message. We'll add another service. We'll do whatever we have to do. But but I, I believe that we need to start inviting people to church because we're Jesus to this world, and he was always inviting people to follow him. And I gotta tell you, December is the best time to invite somebody to church. We are going to have an amazing musical this December. And there are people that I have invited to church for years that would never come, but they came last year to our musical. You had better believe I'm going to invite them back this year. And that has changed our relationship as we've talked about things more spiritual in the past year. We've got, we've got, you can invite anybody to Christmas, right? Christmas Eve, Christmas services. All December is a great time. Starting next week, it's all Christmas messages from here to the end of the year. Invite somebody to church this Christmas because an empty seat is a serious matter. And, and then in the new year, don't just let it end in December. In the new year, we're so excited that Don Piper will be back. He's the guy who wrote 90 Minutes in Heaven. He's going to be back again in January. I want to tell you, I don't care who you're inviting. You can, you can find the most hardcore atheist you've ever met. Bring him that day. It's powerful. Let's pack it out. Because let me ask you a question to imagine as we did earlier. Imagine if there was no Christian Life Church. Imagine if we weren't Jesus to our world. And you may say, well, what would that mean? Well, over our history, we have planted or helped plant hundreds of churches. We have trained thousands upon thousands of pastors. We have consistently, since the beginning of our mission, been in the lives of children and youth, whether it be through kids club programs or Sunday school or Wednesday nights or, or the Ascension Convention, there has been a passion for children and for youth to meet God. What about you? Maybe somebody invited you to church here. Maybe you wouldn't even know God had it not been for growing up here at church. I mean, think about that. I think about the prisoners that our our prison ministry reaches out to, and today you will have an opportunity to be a part of that team to bless the the family of of a prisoner through Angel Tree. But it's not just Angel Tree. They also reach out in, in, in powerful ways going to visit the prisoners in prison. And beyond that, there's also a team that, that writes to people in prison. And I'd like to share a, a letter with you of somebody that wrote to the church here. And, and I'm just going to read it for you. And, and um, this is just what some of the people in our church do. Hi, my name is Johnny Washington. I was told by a a friend of mine's that you guys have a, a nice Christians that's willing to write us guys in jail that's either changing or trying to change their life. I feel as I've changed my life, but I still have a lot of things to work on. Yes, I need help with finding my way to God more. So can you help me out? 
Yes. Yes, we can. And if I have to write the letter myself, I will do it myself. But that's not what I'm called to do. You don't pay me to write these letters. This is your job. This is your call. We get a lot of letters from prisoners here at the church. And if they're addressed to me, you better believe I get right on it. And I write a letter back to them. Or we send them a devotional or something. Or a lot of times they're requesting devotionals. And, and um, they just heard through the grapevine that we do that. Will you be Jesus Will we do this together? Will you be a part? I think it's time to start raising the dead. I think it's time to start giving life back to people who need it. And as you see on the screen and on the cover of your bulletin, we're, we're just going to name this, this venture in 2015 Next Gen for the next generation. Because we've been blessed as a generation of a church to, to receive a, a beautiful building, great work, and all these things. But now it's time to give to the next generation. It's time to move on. There's going to be different ways to do that. We're going to ask people to give. And, and uh, we won't start asking for, for offerings until next year. But if God blesses you, if you're a kind of a job that gets blessed at the end of the year with bonuses or whatever, and you say, hey, I want to put a seed towards something greater for our kids or uh, for the pantry or whatever, uh, please give that this year. And we'll put that in a savings account and use that next year. But I, wanna, I just want to see us do that. You know, I got a letter from a prisoner uh, earlier this year, and in it, they said, we want to send an offering to the church because the church has blessed us so much, and it was a check uh, from the prison for $5. And that's probably all the money he had. And I asked around, you know that they make just pennies an hour for the labor they do in prison. That's probably, that could be a week or a month of his wages. And he said, I wish I could give more. This is all I can give. I just want to give an offering to the church. How precious is that? And if he can give that, I can give more. I can give more. But it's not just about giving. I want to make this very clear. It's not just about giving. Sure, things need to be built, and that will cost a little bit of money. But when you were saved, you were saved to serve someone else. It's not just, well, we'll pay the professional pastors to do all the work. No. My job is to preach, to equip, so that you can do the work of ministry. You were called to serve. You were called to visit someone in prison. You were called to help with our children. You were called to, to see that neighbor and invite them to church. You were called to, to walk like Jesus, to get close to people, not inside these walls. We'll do that anyway by caring and loving for one another. But when you're outside, wherever you're at, that you would be Jesus to your world. You were called to serve. You were called to see. You were called to speak. You were called to touch. You were called to go. So imagine if Jesus didn't come by and how different our world would look or if our church didn't exist. But the reality is that Jesus did come by. He did come to this earth. He did plant this church. And you are here. And now we take his place in the world. So how are we like Jesus? Because you'd be like, how am I going to be like Jesus? That is just way too hard. That is too big of, a, of an assignment. How am I going to be like Jesus? Two things. Number one, spend time with him. Get close to him. That's the first thing. You want to be close to Jesus? You want to be like him? Spend time with him. 
You can do that obviously at church and, and we can do that in small groups and prayer times and all that. But spend time with Him daily. Get close to Him. And then the second thing is very simple. Obey Him. What He tells you to do, you do. If it's something inside of the Word of God that speaks, then you just do it. If He says it in the Gospels, you just do it. He tells you to do something, you do it. That's our call as followers. And then there's also the voice of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, you just do it. Don't wait. Be open. Be obedient. When when you see, when you go out, when you get close enough to people to see, to, to speak, to touch, be open to the Holy Spirit and be Jesus to this world. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me? this morning, and we're going to worship the Lord because if we're going to be like Him, we've got to get close to Him. But I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for our church this morning. I believe that uh, God is calling us more than ever to take His place in this world. Our world is lost. It is dying. It is hopeless. But we have the good news. We have Jesus to share with this world. Dear Lord, I, I don't, Jesus, I, I don't know why you entrusted this to us, but you did. You must think we're able to do this. And so, Jesus, we come to you as your followers. We come to you as your church, and we say, we're signing up. We're going to do whatever you ask us to do. We're going to draw near to you, Jesus. We're going to be close to you. Holy Spirit, we're going to listen for direction, and, and we're going to obey, and we're going to follow. Lord, I pray that we obviously do that inside of these four walls. And Lord, that we would always be sensitive to your spirit. But Lord, I pray that we would do that as we walk out of these doors. As we walk to our cars, as we walk through stores, as we walk to work, as we're in school, wherever we're at, God, that we would be Jesus to our world. So Lord, we look to you today. Equip us now for your call. Thank you, Lord. Would you just stand with me this morning? Let's just draw near to the Lord before we go and and sing and worship to Him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look
No light in the darkness you see. we just wait on the Lord this morning, just quietly with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit speak to you for a minute or two, just quietly, just draw near to the Lord this morning. Let him teach you and show you what he wants you to do in this world, where he's asking you to serve, where he's asking you to give, what he's asking you to do. Just wait on the Lord for a moment. Maybe he's going to speak to your heart to, to bless children or, or families or prisoners or maybe he's going to just put a face or a name in your, your mind to, to reach out and touch but let's just wait on the Holy Spirit for a moment. We just have a couple minutes before we go. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Where are you calling us? Jesus, where are you calling us to go? We'll go. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord, to us. We receive your word, Lord, through tongues and interpretation. There's no greater thing than to serve you. Mm. We wait on you, Lord. Thank you, God. Use us, Lord, any way you want. Any way, Lord. We will not be ashamed. 
We will not shy away. We will not hesitate. We will not avoid. We will engage. And we will be Jesus to our world. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. The call is upon all of us this morning. All of us. To, to follow him, to obey him, to be close to him. And uh, our world needs Jesus. I just see it more and more. And, and uh, it's kind of like we're, we're moving into this Christmas season. And you, you just see people in stores or the TV or different things. just like, do you remember what this is all about? <laughs> you know? And I think that's why... I'm looking forward to the next few weeks in church as we sing the carols, as we hear the Christmas story, and we just we unpack that for our lives. It's going to continually remind us. It's going to continually remind us that that uh, he came, and he he didn't walk by. And he didn't walk by us, and we can't walk by anybody else anymore. No more excuses. Uh, there's something we can do uh, as we conclude our services, and I'm just going to invite Chris to come, and uh, this is Angel Tree, and uh, this is a way that we can be involved, and, and so just tell us exactly what we need to do when we leave. We have 88, uh, 88 gifts that need to be bought for 44 children. We need 10 to 20 people to deliver the gifts. You know, we need people to pray too. We all know this isn't just about the gift. It's about the message. I don't know, the Lord just gave me a picture of all you guys as ministers. Everyone that picks up a card is a minister. It's a privilege to serve the prisoners and to serve in the prisons that all of us involved in the ministry would agree that we're not worthy of. And uh, it's a blessing and a challenge to represent Jesus. And you all are doing that work, not only as you help us in prisons, but as you minister and ushers and teenagers and kids. And so the Lord just bless all you ministers and thank you so much for this generous church. Thanks, Chris. And so uh, today we get to be Jesus uh, to some kids who will never know your name, but you're going to be Jesus to them today. And so uh, step out and, and take those kids also. Um, we're going to have ice cream after church. It's already out there. I can see it. And um, just head out there. And the reason we do that is that we can spend a little time, that we don't just run out the doors, but we, we have ice cream together. And to be honest with you, as our church grows, I don't get to meet everybody or, or, or talk to everybody, but I'd love to meet you today. If, if we've never met before, please introduce yourself to me. Uh, maybe we've met, but we've never really talked. I'd love to, uh, to meet you today. But don't just come and meet me. Meet one another have an ice cream cone with somebody else and uh, help a kid out and, and just let's spend some time together being the church, being Jesus to one another because this is where it starts. We're Jesus to one another first. We care and share with one another first. And so we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord as we go this morning. And uh, this blessing will rest upon your life. It rests upon those who travel to Africa. Whether you're, you're going home to watch the Bears game or you're going to Africa, this blessing is for you. But it's not just for you. Listen to me. It's for you to share with this world. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, we thank you for that blessing. God, we thank you that we can always count on you.
God, I thank you, Lord, that you speak and that you lead. And God, we're going to listen to you. But Lord, this week, more than ever, may we take this blessing where we live. Wherever our feet will go, may we walk in this blessing, share this blessing, this Thanksgiving week, God, with all those around. May we be Jesus to this world. And in doing so, Lord, you said you would never leave us, you would never forsake us. So God, keep us safe, keep us strong, and so we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you out there at Ice Cream. More than a man.